Welcome to the episodio número 16 of Otra Por Favor. Otra Por Favor. My name is Richie, and here it is. Here's David. Uh, how are you, Richie? I'm good, man. I just got done, you know, cutting the grass. Uh, you know, come back to the cat story. One of them stayed, the one ran away. <laughs> yeah, so, what's up with that, man? I don't know, man. She just wanted to be a nomad. So I'm like, go ahead. I'm not going to hold you back. It's uh -oh. all good. You think she's going to come back? Yeah, hopefully. If, I mean, there's there's the other ones over here eating all her food, so. Uh, crossing my fingers, then. I know, right? And toes. Well, well yours already crossed. <laughs> 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 there's a, I mean, it's, it's what helps you play, you know, right, like right. a good talker and stuff. There's um, a long story. Well, we have a very special guest uh, tonight. Yes, uh, she is from Houston, Texas. She is a real, store, real estate agent, realtor, and she's also doing some photography and every night if you follow her on facebook she is she kind of has like this monologue of stories of throughout her day and those are actually super entertaining so yeah yeah, yeah. any further ado here we have hi <laughs> i'm so awkward like on you know on command but yeah um i i have a lot of uh a list of uh mental health issues that give me all the content that I need to <laughs> mostly ADHD, but yeah. I would say like you could be a stand-up comedian with the content you provide. You naturally you can do that. Cause you have a punchline to every single post that you see, every single video that you put out. When I, when you grow up with brothers and just like, just a whole bunch of men in your house. You have to learn how to like defend yourself and be on your toes all the time. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Mention, I have three boys too. So that, that just, you know, I sing on the cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, they're, they're all growing to like, Hey, no se dejan los vatos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, Alicia, can you share a little bit, a little bit about you, uh, where you currently reside? Don't say your home address. Uh, <laughs> of course. And then, you know, like your family, uh, any hobbies or fun facts about like, about you? So, um, I, and essentially I grew up in, um, I was born in San Juan, which is a small border town, uh, in the Valley and uh, pretty much raised in Houston, moved when I was four years old. Uh, I come from immigrant parents. Um, they crossed over when they were teenagers. So um, basically I'm first generation or their first generation. So I'm second generation. Um, and pretty much I grew up in a very predominantly Hispanic community uh, when it was predominantly Hispanic. Um, and yeah, pretty much grew up here and I uh, went to school here and now I'm here to stay. You're in uh, what part of Houston? You're in Houston, right? Yes. Yeah. What part of Houston are you from? From the Heights. The Heights. So it's near downtown. The Heights is very uh, popular because of its bars. It's like a pretty cool nightlife. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, sorry. So it's a pretty cool night scene. Mm -hmm. If you could like take that out. Um, But as far as like, not a lot of people talk about it because of, you know, it's very touchy, especially in like the real estate world, uh, gentrification. Mm -hmm. So that happened and, you know, kind of pushed out all of the Hispanics, all of basically all the minorities. Mm -hmm. And so now you can't find a house there that's less than $500,000. Ooh, that's so, similar wow. to here in Austin. Yeah, yeah, I definitely Austin's feeling it too. Right. And I know more than 
more than anybody else because you know, it's California, that yeah. California money is moving in. So yeah, it's it's weird because I I lived in Houston for a couple of years. Sorry. I lived in Galveston like for a while and moved to Houston when I was like right after school. So I, I got to pretty much see the gentrification in early 2010. Mm-hmm. And that's because everyone was trying to build Washington Avenue, like the new sixth street. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then you started seeing like more homes like come out and I mean, which is, I mean, some, some of the stuff that, you know, like the neighborhoods got good, but then, with the way that the cost of living also increased, you know? Of course. But I thought they're saying like right now for, for the dream for Californians is to move to Houston because Austin is getting expensive. But I mean, $500,000 for a house is pretty much about the same here. It, yeah. Right now it is basically. I think also just because, the, you know, construction costs are also, I mean, it's it, it was on the rise previously, like maybe a couple months ago. So now it's kind of leveling out, but it's just you know in comparison austin is is not as big as houston so i think right. that's the biggest problem too it's just you know it's it's too dense for the area right right and it's starting to become like a very similar to how houston was back in the days like it was c- c- centralized and then it started scattering out to katy now it's considered part of houston clear lake is considered part of houston humble and i forgot the other east part of Houston is but it's one of those things that like Austin is slowly becoming that where people now say Austin equals Round Rock I mean Austinites right. would hate that part you know yeah or or you know like anything more south would be always oh, part of Austin but literally like it's not Austin it's just a city that's close to Austin but it's not right. here it's like an hour away <laughs> right so and um do you have it like say um from from your parents they came here in what year Oh man, I was, you're going to make me do math. Nah. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so I guess the nineties, early nineties. Um, I mean, they, they crossed over cause for a while. So my dad is from Reynosa mm-hmm. in Mexico. So it's like super close to the border. border yeah. Um, it's literally on the border. Yeah. It's, um, you know, they spent time there. They were moving back and forth. And I was like super close to being born in Dinosa, which is a huge coincidence because my mom crossed over just in time. Otherwise, I would have been, you know, basically a dreamer. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, you know, she crossed over. But uh, yeah, I mean, they honestly probably would have moved back to their border town. But, you know, most of our family came over and now they're here. So, mm-hmm. um Basically, I consider myself a Houstonian. Yeah. I mean, you've been here for a while, so you you are a Houstonian. I so yeah, that, that, that's that's cool. Um, how how do you uh, like growing up in Houston? How how's it been for you from when everything first started to like now? Like, you know, what's the most different part besides gentrification? Ooh. I mean, I I love Houston because you know all my memories are here. I, I love music because I claim it and, you know, it's just, it's like H town pride, you know, whatever. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it's just, it's, it's so chaotic here. Mm-hmm. The traffic, the, the cost of living, um, mostly the traffic. I think like it's, it's just become so, um, 
stressful to live here, especially in a huge metropolitan city. I mean, we're the fourth largest city in the United States. So you figure, you know, at this point, like, yeah, like I want to, I want to go and retire already. I'm barely 35. (laughs) I literally feel like I'm 50, you know, because my commute is like an hour and a half back and forth. And it's just, you know, it's ridiculous. So you know, Houston is amazing. It's got so much diversity, so many food options, uh, really great nightlife, lots of awesome museums, but like, damn, man, like I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Es tiempo para cambiarle un poquito las cosas, no? Yeah. What, like say, uh, besides, you know, like working, what, what's something like, like your hobbies or something fun about like, you know, that you like to do that other people might not know. I think everybody knows. <laughs> true. Yeah, Very that's true. About what I do. I think <laughs> more than anything, uh, like I have really bad ADHD. So like, I like to take on like just a multitude of projects and hobbies. So okay. like I've learned photography, I've learned how to draw, I learned how to paint. I was an art student before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love to cook. Um, I, apparently I took on video and all this stuff, but I haven't put anything out there because, you know, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared people might make fun of me, but you know, as far as, uh, just, I like anything in the art spectrum, you know, I just like to keep busy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, I would say like one, one, it's not that problem, but like one situation could also bring a huge a way to capitalize and do more things like say what you're doing right now you're doing learning how to do video drawing and then you know photography and like from from real estate you know a lot of times it could be so paperwork i don't know much about real estate i'm an accountant but as an accountant it could just be like super you know like to the numbers and how do you understand everything everything applies and the principles of it and I feel like real estate, it's in a similar situation where, you know, it's like very like a lot of paperwork or a lot of, you know, like contracts. But then one thing that real estate can also give you is an opportunity to create and then like with photography, you know. So how can we how could you like do you feel like there's some kind of correlation with, you know, the real estate agent part and being a, like learning how to do photography? I think um, just you having to be a really good, um, you know, adapter of every situation, being able to, you know, be a really good salesperson, be creative with, you know, every single aspect of like your job title is super important. Juggling around like 900 things, you know, is just something that you have to be able to do in this industry and, you know, most, most kind of creative industries as well. Cause I consider, you know, real estate, just a creative business in general, just because like, you're always trying to figure out how and where and why, and you know, how much, how much profit, you know, where can I go or can I go get this profit? You know, who do I have to talk to? So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's challenging definitely, especially in this market, because right now it's, it's tough. Um, you know, the inflation with everything that's going on with the economy. I think that's one of the biggest things that a lot of uh, buyers are having some issues mm-hmm. with because definitely sellers right now have the complete advantage right now. So just hoping that everything kind of levels out, but definitely like being super creative with those things, like getting an offer accepted, you know, that you got to be creative for that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. 
What do you think, Chaparro? Well, especially especially with COVID now, uh, that probably brought a whole new problem to to realtors, right? And 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 trying to sell and find a house and put it on the market and all that stuff, right? Yeah, I think definitely right now um, the probably the the biggest uh, hurdle is just making sure that people who don't have the advantage of like offering straight up cash, yeah, you know, who more than likely they're not going to get accepted because they are using FHA or they're using a conventional loan, and those typically take you know minimum thirty days to close. So you know, definitely, of course. Things are changing too because now people they require home offices. They want a bigger house. They're not going to the office anymore. So the inventory is definitely not as high as you know the amount of people who are looking. So that's that's the problem we're having right now. So it's like COVID changed everything. 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 everything, Dang, that's crazy. That's crazy. And when uh like real estate, like you mentioned, is very competitive and very complex and. As Hispanics, many, I would say if you grew up, you know, in with a family that invested, like kind of like here, here's, you know, in America, it's a little more common to hear more about real estate and hear more about purchasing. Uh, minorities, like, you know, like especially Hispanics, we, we don't have that, you know, we're learning more aspects of buying a house or, 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 you know, buying property. When, when did you first, you know, started learning about real estate? Um, well, I got into the industry about 10 years ago when I was actually in school to um, get my art degree. And I, I essentially wanted to become an art teacher. But then, you know, I got this job where I was doing it part time. I was basically running permits for uh, a residential drafting and design company. And I was like, OK, so I jumped in head first, didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was you know, completely new to the industry. And basically, my boss was like, go figure it out. You know, and I was like 20 something in a mm-hmm. big ass, almost what five story building with like multiple departments. And I had no idea, but I figured it out and I got really, really good at it. And I developed really great relationships with the people that worked there. And like, you know, I was getting, I was getting shit done basically. So at that point I realized my strengths and how I could utilize, you know, being in that field and like just dominating it. So I did. And now, you know, Years later, I'm still I'm still here. Mm-hmm. So actually, you just gave us a title for this episode: getting shit done. Getting shit done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, compared to like when you were young, um, what what was your your if you had any perception when you were young about real estate? Like, how has your perception changed in regards to the industry? I mean, I definitely think that especially now as, as a homeowner myself, you know, I didn't think about that until I started getting, you know, deeper into what generational wealth meant, you know, and I think that not a lot of, uh, especially in our community, I think that that's one of the biggest disadvantages that we have is that we don't get taught these things because like, uh, you know what I mean? Or like, Oh, we're just gonna, you know, kind of live with, with whoever and see what happens. But we have a brand new truck outside with rims and like, mm-hmm. you know, we're not investing and not to generalize and say that like, that's, that's all of us. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But I think that once you get to that stage where you're like, okay, what am I going to offer my children? Like, you know, what am I going to retire with? Like you get to that age 
and I got there a couple of years ago and I was like, am I really going to spend my life wasting my money on rent? Or am I going to work really hard to fix my credit, to get everything in order, to get pre-approved and get this house? And I did that, you know, because in school, they don't teach us that, right? They teach right, us, right. Um, you know, Pythagorean theorem and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, stupid, stupid stuff that we're never going to apply in real life. But like, we don't learn about, you know, finan- financial literacy or credit. Like that's super important. That's one of the most important things. So I think that we need to start focusing on that and, and just have a different mindset about money because, you know, I was super wasteful when I was younger. Like I didn't give a shit. I was just, you know, Oh, it's cute. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, you know, we were puppy it was bottles. Never that, yeah. It was never that need or want conversation. It was yeah. always like, Oh, I want it. I'm going to go get it. You know? Yeah. And the thing is, like, like a lot of times we grew up with a mentality that, like, eh, pues al rato, al rato me compongo, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. Yeah, like, you really don't think about, you know, what's going to happen in the future, just thinking about that moment, right? And, um, Alicia, what was a, what was a, uh, I guess, something that motivated you to be an agent, like a real estate agent? Um, I definitely wanted to get a good stepping stone into what I'm actually starting to do now, which is completely, it's in the same realm. So basically I want to become a developer myself okay. and my, my biggest goal right now, and hopefully in the next five years, I can hit that goal is to be able to provide, um, just communities for, you know, lower income people who don't have the opportunity to, you know, conventionally get a loan for home ownership. But more like, because I, I encounter this every day and I feel so helpless and so shitty sometimes when I get, you know, different clients who don't have a social security number, who, you know, don't have the proper documentation to, and they have the money, they have, you know, everything in place, but like, you know, they can't get a loan. So I want to be able to build, you know, some sort of affordable housing, housing that's actually really nice looking and that's modern. That's something that they can be proud of mm-hmm. and just, you know, build a community. That's essentially what I want to do. And of course, you know, just build. Yeah. And and that's a hard, like, that's a very good thing because like I say, like in our community and we're going to, I'm pretty sure we're going to always go back to it because real estate is something that's very important that we're still learning about. And, And it's, you have two people. This is the way I look at it. It's like, you have people that have made it and you know, they're like, but then you also have someone like, like you, you know, and even like say people that put a similar thinking like us that we want to help our community, you know, in every way possible. Um, and, and partly is, and that helps us like what we said last time and, and a couple of episodes ago is we're trying to break bad habits of every time we make it, we go our ways. No, no, we make it. We help each other out because other communities are doing it, you know, like you see Indian people doing it with themselves and even, even to extend Asian people, because like my wife, she's Asian. So I see them like always helping each other out or finding a way to help each other out. And, and with us, it's like, we're so divided. And then, you know, like say your, your part is like your, your industry is so, so important because you're helping people generate, like you said earlier, generational wealth. And that's something that we need to start learning about. Even myself, because I'm, I've always been the type of person. I mean, why should I buy a home if I'm, you know, if I'm gonna like have to worry about the repairs, have to worry about the property tax? I just rent, and everything's already gonna be there. Something needs to, something breaks, and then you know, like, 
they can fix it. But it's like learning and like, actually, I mean, sometimes it's better to buy it in the long term, you know, because once you're done paying it, like it's yours. But that's the thing, though. I feel like us as uh, Latino Hispanics, we always think about the bad things that's going to happen, not the good things that is going to come with them, you know. Right. And we always trying to uh, trying to like think about, oh, yeah, what if this breaks? What if that happened? What if this? We wouldn't think that, oh, this is going to be good for my you know future kids or whatever. And I think or, or cats. Or, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, we need to think uh, we ha we need to have a different mentality to actually move forward. I think. What do you think, Alicia? I think it's just it's centered around um, our environment. I think that when you grow up, especially, you know, I grew up in extreme poverty, like straight up food stamps, like a house with the floors, like literally you could see the ground underneath yeah. and, you know, roaches flying around everywhere. So it's like that was my, you know, my upbringing that I felt like it was almost a sense of like comfort. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like until I started seeing that, like my, my dad has a crazy work ethic, right? Like he, I, I get it from him. Definitely. I think that like, I'm, I'm very fortunate enough to, to have a, a good, you know, a good, um, I wouldn't say a good father figure, but <laughs> but a good uh, a good role model in a sense where like I saw what he did in order for him to because right now you know this man is he got smart with his money he basically paid off his house um, he custom built it so he doesn't owe anything on the house except for taxes every every year yeah and you know it's his right. and until he sells it which will probably sell for more than like half a million dollars. Um, it's, it's his, it's tangible. It's, it's something that you can have. And, you know, we don't get in that mindset until it's too late. Right. Yeah, until, right. Like, we're basically like, you know, what am I going to do when I'm gray and old? Where am I going to live? Right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't think I'm going to go bother my kids <laughs> and like, you know, stay at their house and have them take care of me for the rest of my life. Like, I don't want that burden for my children. So like I'm planning ahead. And I think that we don't plan ahead mm -hmm. because we're still stuck in like, you know, 20, 30 years ago where everything was like, you know, two or $3. Right. Mm -hmm. Now we can't think that way because like, you know, everything's super expensive to right. it's, it's expensive to live. Right. And so inflation. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to get, it's going to get worse. So It's just a matter of when. Yeah. And I, I would say like the one thing that I've always, always been a, a fan on, a fan of is preparing for the worst. Um, you know, something can happen in the future. You know, you have to prepare, like even, a, even having a job, like you're always going to have like something breaks at the house or, yeah. or, or, you know, your car, you know, something breaks in your car, like preparing for the worst and like saving is one of them. Um, What from from many alternatives? What uh, what help would like? I would. There's a lot of careers out there, you know, like that could be, you know, like some probably could easier because it's something that's, like, say, going back to like say accounting. It's you know you already know your job is there. You just have to, you know, like create reports and and then provide a and like a quarter end report to a board meeting. But with real estate is like you have to go out there and sell and you have to go out there and do other stuff. What uh what are the things that, that like more like this motivated you to 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 the well, way you already said you were motivated, but like 
from other careers, what made you choose real estate? Um, I mean, I definitely, I think that the biggest determining factor was just being able to help people, you know, I had a, you know, fortunately for me, I did have pretty bad experiences with realtors and I kind of wanted to switch that and just kind of make a, take it upon myself to basically create a different kind of experience for other people, especially the ones that I, my clients that I work with. Mm -hmm. So I definitely understood it from that point of view because, you know, I went through my first home buying process myself alone. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, being a good advocate is probably the most important part of this whole industry. And there's a lot of shitty realtors on there. <laughs> like with any industry, right? right? You have your, you know, the good ones and the bad ones and right. the, you know, okay ones, but like, you know, I, also being a good advocate for uh, just Latinos in general who don't have the opportunity to like, you know, uh, talk to somebody who doesn't know a word of, of Spanish. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm still learning too. But. Yeah. From, from the, uh, from the shitty realtors, you don't have to say names. Oh, if you can say names, what the hell? Um, can you give me an example? Like what, what were the, like the, you know, the crappy things that they were doing that they were hindering people? I mean, of course you get your typical bad experiences that like they don't pick up the phone. They're not communicative or like, you know, they're just, um, they give you the runaround. Um, I think one of the biggest things is just not being authentic. Mm -hmm. I think, This industry is, it's so full of just a, a, a good facade. I think in general, I think people already have a, a nice little mask on, you know, on a day to day. Mm -hmm. But like, once you start getting into the point where, you know, your whole image is just being arrogant and pretending like something that you're, because people love to see that shit. They love to see you know, the Gucci suits and the Mercedes yeah, and like yeah. hopping out of a jet. Like yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? that's, that's not real. Right, that's right. Not you on day to day. You know, yeah. I just want to know, are you going to pick up the fucking phone? If I, if I call you with an important exactly. question, yeah. like that's all people care about. Right. So I think it's become a popularity contest mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it's sad. It's, it's annoying and it's just, it's gross. <laughs> And that's the thing, though, um, yeah. especially for for us, especially for me, when I got a house, well, I, got, I bought my house to my first house and um, it was a, a whole process. But but the real tour, whoever was helping us made it so simple and easy for us, which it was we were first time buyers and he made it so, so simple. But like you're saying, um, she didn't get off a Mercedes or she didn't have a suit or whatever. She was right. just pretty straightforward, you know, what we needed to do. And, and it was so simple. Um, but now us as Latinos, Hispanics, we really don't know the step by step on how to, you know, get a house. What's the process of what we really need to do, what really what we really need to focus on to actually be able to get a house. Um, what would you tell those people to 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 prepare in case, you know, they, they are planning to get a house, especially our listeners? Well, I definitely think the, one of the biggest and most important uh, factors before before you even start considering getting a house mm -hmm. is definitely just making sure that your financials are in order. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that credit yes. scores are like 100% yes. the top, you know, mm -hmm. uh, most important factors of like, you know, home ownership. And that's like absolutely not the case. It's, it's honestly like your debt to income ratio. If you're out here, you know, being a 30K millionaire, like... <laughs> 
hang of work. You know, if, if you owe more than you make, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So like definitely getting in that mindset that you're broke, like you're, you're poor, you can't spend anything. Like that's the mindset that you need to have from the beginning all the way up into the closing table mm-hmm. and, you know, can't get anything new. Can't like, just forget it. Mm-hmm. What your mindset needs to be for, I would say like prepare even like a year before, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, get your credit score, right. Get your debt, right. All those things are super important. Um, and then after, of course, finding a good realtor, finding a good lender, Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that you're staying in budget and just don't go overboard. Cause I know people really love the fact that like it's new and it's shiny and it's right. yours and you get really excited. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, you know, you also have to consider, are you going to be there for more than five years? Right. How much money are you going to put in when you move in? People don't factor in moving costs because mm-hmm. those are expensive as well. Yes. So, yes. you know, down payments, closing costs, all those other fees that are involved that's really important in the beginning. But, you know, after that, you know, your lender, if you have a good lender, if you have a good realtor, everything else should be super simple and easy and just pretending like you're broke as hell <laughs> in that whole entire process. And, you know, just get to the closing table and, you know, job well done for everybody. But it's, it's not as hard as what make people make it out to be, mm-hmm. but I definitely think that you need to have a really good mindset entering into it or, you know, you're in for it's a big surprise. Work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because like, let's say every time you buy an asset, like there's accessories you have to, you know, purchase with that asset. Yeah. Um, and then that's one thing like, like, uh, we grow up just like, nah, hombre, comprate la casa y aquí te arreglamos, te ayudamos entre todos. But then what if the house needs to be fixed or, you know, like say we buy it from someone that, you know, like say, uh, like owner contract home, you know, what if the house needs repairs or, or, you know, like even if you buy it from, from a real estate agent, in, you know, there's other costs that involves um, the house. Like the, I would say the contract, the, the closing fees are part of that. Is that something that goes to the, like other additional fees? Is that something that the consumer pays or that's something that the, who ends up paying that portion? Well, I mean, the first step is um, as far as it just depends on how the contract is placed. Typically, you have to pay an inspection fee. So it's your option period of like seven days. Mm -hmm. That's the amount of time that you need basically to hire an inspector and make sure that the house is going to be something that you're going to be willing to actually put a, like a straight up offer for. And then after that, you know, basically after that report comes in, you determine that if you want to, if you want to keep the house and all you're losing is basically your option fee money, which is typically like anywhere from like a hundred to like $300. Okay. So, um, but yeah, definitely making sure that you have a good realtor who is going to be a good advocate for you and communicate all those things with you from the very beginning and set expectations. A lot of people right now, especially with what I'm finding is, you know, it's, it's hard to get a house that you really love. First of all, because you have so much competition and there's like, literally it's you and about 50 other people that want the same house. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're offering more and, you're like, Oh my God, what if I'm not, what if I'm putting too much for a house and next year it's not even going to appraise for the same value? Like what's going to happen next year. That's the uncertainty right now that people are feeling. And I don't blame them because definitely this, this entire economy is just, is scary. So, you know, right now people are getting exhausted. So buyers are backing out and right now is, you know, perfect time to sell, but it's going to eventually kind of level out. 
just don't know when. Now, is it uh, very similar to what happened in 2008 with, uh, with the, you know, the, uh, the recession where everything was, you know, overinflated because of people buying debt from other person and then everything brought, you know, like how, how would you compare the times in 2008 to the times right now? Well, I think it's a, that's a completely separate issue. Okay. It's it's nothing compared to what it was in 2008. 2008 was basically like the era of just like home fraud, mm. home loan fraud. So, you know, right now people, banks are getting very particular about who they're giving loans to. So that's, it's not the same situation, but I definitely think that, you know, other factors in the economy, you know, definitely will affect it. Um, especially with the, the foreclosures that are going to happen after I forgot what specific date it was. I think it's already passed um, a certain date after July, but basically, you know, we're going to see an influx of uh, foreclosures. I just oh. don't know like how hard it's going to hit. And that, that's all from, I would say people are just not being not able being to continue with the poor yeah. mortgage. Yeah. yeah. Cause a lot of people right now are under forbearance mm. and basically they're not going to be able to afford, you know, six months, you know, from the previous time that they couldn't pay and yeah, just paying it all together. It's, yeah, that's it's a lot hard. of money. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's a lot. And, and it's, it's weird because like, I like in the business side, uh, some businesses, the personal property tax value that decreased compared to last year, but the home part, it's keeps on going up. And it's so weird because, you know, we saw that like in, offices where not a lot of people are going back but now the consumer in the houses they have they want other things besides just one in the house now they want a home office like you said earlier right. and, and that also brings like another impact on the you know on the market yeah i mean i definitely think that it's it's changing and now houses are getting bigger but there's not enough land to build it on <laughs> and the construction costs are still high. So not a lot of builders are building and, you know, my house went up in value almost $30,000 in a year. And that's insane yeah, because that's you know, my house, I have a three bedroom house. It's like 1600 square feet. So it's not, it's not big, big. but it, it's definitely not worth $260,000. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Now, now, is this the house that you first bought? Like when you were, you were, you know, or back in the days or, or is it another house? No, this is actually a house that I bought a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. So literally, I gained so much equity. And this is what I'm telling people. Like there is nothing. I mean, maybe except if you get lucky for, you know, investing in some stocks and, and crypto or whatever, there's nothing that's going to give you as much equity and return mm -hmm. as a house, you know, period. Real estate is honestly the best way to build wealth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not a lot of people understand it because they think it's super complicated and it's really not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, like, we're just, we're, we're, uh, I mean, we're a community that's afraid of risk and, you know, yeah, taking that okay. risk. And like my parents, they, they got lucky because one of my uncles went to, moved to Mexico and they bought the house from him and they actually got enough very good price, like very good price. Like I would say they bought it in the market value that was 10 years ago, maybe. Oh, wow. So, and then it's, I mean, they had to do some repairs, but it's not still nothing compared to like how it is now. Right. Which is crazy. Um, and the work that you're doing, I would say like, it, it could be challenging 
like especially in this in this market because like say from you is will you get paid from contracts after closing or how how do you get paid So basically it's commission based and typically um, if it, it's 6% of the sales price and it's split up between the listing agent and the buyer's agent. So it's 3%, 3%. And when we close, we get paid. Um, but then we also have to pay the additional fees for our brokerage. And if we're on a team, it's extra fees, um, you know, administrative fees, whatever other type of fees. So essentially we only get like 1%. <laughs> Wow. Well, that's that's the thing right now. It's like really tough. It's tough for the you know real estate and the people who's buying houses. Have you like ever like thought, oh, I'm gonna switch to something different, like a different career? Um, well, I'm, I'm right going to give it 100 to the pre-development business that I'm uh, starting. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's you know that I'm working on like crazy, um, and hopefully. I'll be able to advertise for all of that um, maybe next week. So just pushing that and hopefully get to the point where I'm able to get enough capital to actually start building. You know, that's, that's my goal. That's good. That's good. And from, from the real estate part, um, going back to that, how many, like an average, how many houses, like it could be different, of course, but how would you like in a normal time, like how many houses do you think like are getting closed? Like, by your work as far as in this this what do you mean like say like when it sells like someone buys a house and in the closing like how many houses are, are being like finalized in a contract where you actually end up getting paid you're talking about numbers no like uh just the quantity of the house like say for example like five houses like are you asking how many houses she is like closing in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a month or in a year? Or- yeah, yeah. Or I say in a month. Oh, I don't want to answer that. <laughs> no, because <laughs> no, the, the reason why I'm back, you don't have to answer it. Be, because it's like, like I'm thinking in my mind, it's like, man, selling, going out there. And it's like. Honestly, like typical, like one, two year agents, like some of them like knock it out of the park and they're doing like, you know, million dollar deals every, every month. Okay. But, you know, for me, I think it's a little different just because like my attention, my focus is dedicated to other things, especially kind of developing what I want to do, which I know is going to give me a bigger advantage because mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be like straight up with y'all. Like, there is about 60,000 agents yes. in the city of Houston yes. and about, you know, maybe like the 10% are doing very well because they've been in this industry for a very long time, or, you know, they're just super duper dedicated, you know, and they're really great at their job and they're really great at marketing. Um, but you know, and it's not to say that I don't want to help people, mm-hmm. but I think my mission and my, my, my vision is completely different than, you know, being that, that really like, Botox girl, you know, <laughs> and, and a, and a very revealing shirt selling you a house. Yeah. That's not what I want. What I want is something bigger and something that's going to give back to, you know, my community, community, you know, the people that raised me. So right. now I'm going to be, cause it, like the reason why I was asking that question, sorry, I forgot a little, a little, like too, too 
Uh, weird. You're like asking numbers. It's like, go ahead and give me your last check. Yeah, it's like, like for me, it's, it's, I, was, I was thinking of like, I'm like, like oh, no. <laughs> no, it's like, in my mind, I'm thinking like, man, it's a lot of headache. Well, yeah, like on average, you know, what, what does a top producer make? You know, they can yeah. close on a house. It's, it just depends. You know, some, some are luxury on the luxury side. Some of them are doing volume and doing like medium price of like anywhere from like 250 to 350. It just depends. Some are buyer's agents, some are strictly listing agents. So it's, it's a very diverse world that we live in as far as real estate is concerned. And, and that's, what's so great about it. That's where you can build so much of that wealth because you can literally do so many things with it, okay. but you just have to be out there hustling and you just have to care. Like the people that really love their jobs and it shows like those are the most successful ones mm -hmm. and the rest of them just, you know, they go back to their nine to fives and you never see them again. It's, it's funny that you say that because I have a few friends that they're doing, you know, the same thing, real estate. Mm -hmm. And uh, they usually post a lot of uh, pictures and stuff that they're closing a house or whatever. I mean, it looks like they're closing a lot of houses. And I think that's why he was asking, like, how many houses do you close per like month? And yeah, I see them. They're posting up to like maybe three to four houses per month or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's like. I guess that's why he, he was asking that, you know, because he's like, I don't know. And I don't even know if they're closing it right there when they're posting it or, you know. Oh, they closed it last month and he just, you know, posting it. So it's, I guess that's why he was. Yeah. That. And it's like, like for me, I'm a very like, I'm a, like, I'm a nine to five type of person, which, you know, like, and I just like, I like security, you know, like something steady that comes every time, as long as I do my work right. And you would not make it as a realtor. <laughs> but I feel like, 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 say, hearing what you're saying, like, wait, me están dando dolor de cabeza. <laughs> like, I'm out here thinking, like, shit, let me, I'm, I'm about to finish this beer right now. It's getting crazy. <laughs> yeah, I literally, I'm getting like anxious. I used to be like shaking. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what I was like, oh man, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of work. Like, it's, yeah, mommy. I, like, like I was telling you, my 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 the friends I have, the few friends I have that they they're doing real estate. It looks like they they hustle. They're like working and doing all this thing for people. There's a guy that actually posts videos on how to help people be prepared. Like like you were saying, how to be prepared to to get right. a house, to buy a house, and all the process and all that. And I feel like uh, he's always doing something. And and I feel like real estate have to do that in order to get the bread. You know. <laughs> yeah definitely being a hundred percent commission is you know I, i'm scared every day yeah. like i i have so many gray hairs within the past <laughs> what six seven months that i started like yeah it's just uh it's 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 always you know basically thinking for tomorrow you know like just you're in hustle mode 24 7 but it's also you know it's very rewarding but it's also extremely stressful especially You know, because my situation is a little different because I'm a single mom and I do not have anybody backing me up. I don't have a sugar daddy. I don't have anything, you know, that's going to be like, oh, I got you. Like, no. <laughs> You're on your own, bitch. That's it. <laughs> you know what? I think I think we should have started with that. Yeah, You're single more. That's that's a lot. That's a lot that's you have on your shoulders. Lot. And yeah. I'm thinking of you and the dad. I'm like, ah, you wait, no, I'm, I'm over here. I can I can barely deal with my you know my life every day, and you're yeah. here. Like, dang, that's crazy. That's 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 insane. Yeah. No. Um. So one thing you mentioned earlier, um, how every every real estate agent is different or realtor, um, from from you like. The networking part, how 
Has it been easy for you? Has it been hard from other with other companies, with other real estate agents, or what? Is it like it's just a competitive, like you know what? I'm about to get this, you know, asshole or this bitch, you know, and get them and get that get that deal before they do. What's uh like? Was there good networking between agents? Like, what's it like? I think you know, and also you have to have um, you can't burn bridges in this industry. You cannot burn bridges. And I've seen so many realtors bashing other realtors and talking bad about their clients. And it's just like, it's very petty high school stuff that I see on a day to day. And it's just like, okay, why? You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's been times that I had to bite my tongue because of course, you know, the, the, I've been doing this for 20 years kind of realtors. They're, they're, you know, they're there for a reason and they've been there for 20 years for a reason. But, you know, at the same time, like it's a new generation, Mm -hmm. And now it's like all about social media. So like putting yourself on display 24 seven is tough because, you know, I had to get Botox last month. Like (laughs) (laughs) I had to get filler, like those things I never thought about the past five years. Cause I'm like, 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 but now it's like, Oh my God, everybody's going to notice people are going to judge me. So it's that pressure of you being like the, this put together, you know, on point, poised person 24 seven. And it's just not, it's not feasible. It's not reasonable. It's just this unrealistic expectation that you're going to get from like being perfect, reaching that, that potential of just being perfect, which is Mm -hmm. just not, it's not realistic. It's not, it's not good for you. So definitely I think that like just being able to, um, get along with, with people that you have to deal with. Cause like on the buyer's end, if you're dealing with the listing agent and that, that deal is bad from the very beginning, you're going to have a horrible experience, you know, during closing or before closing. And, you know, you're never going to want to deal with that person again. And then your client's going to feel that your client's going to hear it. So, you know, you just got to suck it up and be nice and just, you know, be a good person. That's it. That's really all it is. Put the mask on. Like you said, there's not a lot of good people. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's crazy. Cause well, even, even like, like I heard from service, like even this, the food and service, this food and hotel industry right now, they're, you know, they're in the lack of workmanship because a lot of people feel entitled to tr- feel like treat people like crap. Like, have you experienced that? Like, uh, you know, as a, a real estate agent where, you know, have buyers that get on nitpicky and then like, you know, like, you know, how is it like, like, are you, are you getting people that are actually nice, you know, and every time you build a good rapport from the beginning and then get things get, or even if a house doesn't get closed, you still got like, you know what, it's all good. Hope we find something, you know, whatever you want in the future. Or what, what's that like with the consumer, like towards you as an agent? Uh, but thankfully for me, I've had a really good experience with my clients. I think like setting up the, uh, the expectation from the very beginning and giving them all of that knowledge mm-hmm. from the start mm-hmm. kind of already sets a tone for the relationship. Um, because I do feel like it is a, a really important relationship to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I think the, probably the only hurdle or, or I, I would just say the, the biggest inconvenience and or annoyance is what I should call it. Um, I'm very visible and I, I get a lot of creeps. 
So like I, I get random so I and I probably shouldn't even talk because my teammate is probably going to kill me for saying this story. But like I got a phone call the other day, and if you're listening to this, I swear to God, I'm gonna find you. And I'm, <laughs> he calls me. Somebody calls me from an unknown number, mm-hmm. and then like it's they're masturbating on the phone. Oh what the fuck? hell no? And I was just like. I mean, I heard the grunting, but like I, I, and I said something really just very, very angry, a very angry tone. Yeah. And I hung up, but like, so I get the same area code a week later. And it's the funniest thing. This person was pretending to be a person that I knew personally and that yeah. I'm like, doing work with. Mm-hmm. And they were having a straight up conversation about just very intimate things and I'm like, what the hell? So I call the person that's supposedly pretending to be this person. I'm like, is this you telling me this? She's like, no. And I'm like, oh my God. So those things happen all the time. Right. I was on uh, WhatsApp, you know, my, I had that number on my Facebook page. Yeah. And like freaking Creep Central, like just rent. Yeah. And you're going to find this and you're probably going to hear this a lot with women, uh, you know, women realtors who have been in this industry and know like you have to be very careful, you know, showing a house by yourself or, you know, just in general being out and being very public, like it, it's scary. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the biggest fears that I have as, as a woman, as, you know, as a realtor in general, it's just, it's, it sucks. porque eso es como nosotros que nos gusta que compramos las casas no nunca pensamos en cosas así sí. no es like it's like that's hardcore that's that's stupid yeah. like how why would you okay guys if you're listening to this yeah like what the fuck don't you, you ever yeah. ever 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 try to go out and send a you know message to your real estate agent that's or call her weird. with a creepy <laughs> that's just so stupid like that like It's just like whatever, you know, whatever is from the heart comes out through the mouth. And it's just like, what, how much filth do they have in their heart, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely like an occupational hazard, I guess, which is pretty sad Mm -hmm. that, you know, I I have to make excuses for, you know, other other men. But, you know, I guess it comes with the territory, unfortunately. But it's it's just things that you really don't think about mm-hmm. and don't have a fear of until it happens, it happens but on a consistent basis, especially with women, because, you know. And it's like, like with guys like that, you cannot give, and I think we were talking about yeah, that, we like talking we, about we always talk about that thing is like, yeah. shitty people, conservative and racist people, not conservative, like, you know, conservative racist people, because not every conservative person is, is bad. However, conservative racist people and shitty people that are creepies, You should not give them an inch Mm-mm. of space because they're going to capitalize on it and take advantage of it from the day one. And especially like like for you as a woman. Yeah. And, and that's so stupid how, you know, like you're going through that and you're doing your job. Right. Like it's just like so, 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 so fucking retarded because you're trying to, out, you're going out there, you know, you're trying to build you know, your, your, your business and, you know, the developing and you're trying to build a relationship yeah. a genuine relationship because you're doing something good for your, for clients. You're doing something good for the community. 
but you get these assholes that just want to send a like a fucking picture a fucking my message doing that stuff is like that's so wrong like that is so wrong and anyone that's listening to this and you're gonna do that to a real estate agent i hope you can say your name because we're gonna chase you down and we're gonna call you out and we're gonna make sure your whole family knows yeah we'll make you famous shame on you yeah uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, honestly, it's I've, I've almost become numb to those things just yeah. because, you know, as as even if, you know, I could be 50 years old and women who are older have the same stories, you know, strange men walking up on them before they go into the house or like, you know, men trying to get into the house while they're showing it or, you know, getting creepy text messages in the middle of the night or they're clients their own clients hitting on them and you know them being married things like that are so common in this industry it's just uh this this uh misconception of like what uh, a real estate agent really is apparently (laughs) man that's stupid like um you and the one thing like pissed me off is like you shouldn't have to go through that as a woman like No. no woman should be having to go through that, you know, like that creepiness ever. And especially on their line of work, because that's your bread and butter right there. Right. And that's, you know, like you're doing everything to provide for you, for pride for your kids. And it's just like you have this assholes that you shouldn't be like having to numb yourself to situations like that. I know, like no. Pero tienes la pinche raza que les vale madre. <laughs> No, but no raza, you know, it's not exclusive. To no, 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 like la raza in general, like general, a human yeah. race. But, you know, it's it's that built-in misogyny. It's that, um, you know, that inner hatred for, for women that I think sometimes like we grow up with thinking that it's okay. Um, but, you know, I I defend myself very well. I keep, I keep all that. That is true. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm a, I have a way with words and I think that that that's what kind of deters a lot of that too, because, you know, the first sign of disrespect, and this is a thing, like a lot of people will kind of like push that aside and be like, Oh, I just need this commission check. And I'm like, hell no. If it, if it has anything to do with, you know, my integrity as a person, if you're disrespecting me, if you're being racist, if you're being, you know, sexist, I'm not going to deal with it. You know I mean? There's no amount of money in the world. That's going to make me tolerate somebody disrespecting me. So that's one of the biggest things too. That's good. Yeah, I used to I used to work in a in a hotel, and I'm actually gonna say the name of it. Hotel, hotel San Luis, and we heard this, you know, Eddie that used to be the manager at Steakhouse. He yeah. used to make sure that all the like the hostess has to like. He's like, you know what? Can you? He would suggest him to bring a, a like a shorter skirt that would wow. I mean they, no they also have like a dark pantyhose no but he also like hey can you bring a shorter one next time because you know like our clients like you know girls to show and I'm like what the hell so then one of my friends they got offered uh I think it was like just after high school and she was like 18 and they told her hey we're gonna be the host of the steakhouse tonight uh and it is recommending for you to come a little you know shorter on your skirt and I was like what like why, like, like you said earlier, like the, the misogynistic part of, you know, like, mm-hmm. like man feeling, t- being entitled to, oh, you know, the, like you said, oh, it's only for a paycheck. Like, no, because then there goes your integrity. There goes your authenticity as, Values, yeah, as you know, as a, as a woman. Yeah. I mean, I think sadly, the thing also is that, you know, you have to, it's not, I tell people all the time, you have to play the game, especially as a woman, you know, and I think 
in this male dominated industry that I've been in for a very long time, I know, you know, I know these things, but I'm smart. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably show some cleavage and because it's, it's my body, right? I right. shouldn't feel like I need to you can do whatever, uh, yeah. water myself down. Right. If I feel comfortable, if I feel good about myself, yeah. that's, that's my issue. It's my yeah. problem. It's, it's something that is none of your business. Right. So I understand those things. Um, definitely sex sells in this industry or in any industry, you know what I'm saying? So I get it, you know, get your, get your paper, do what you got to do. But at a certain point, you know, it starts to become an issue because that's all they see. So they don't see your brain. They don't see, you know, how you present yourself, how you vocalize yourself, what they're looking at. Oh, she's got some big old boobies and she's got a big ass and she looks good. So, you know, you, you have to be very careful with those things. I definitely capitalize on some of those things because I know, you know, people we're visual creatures. We like to look at things. Right. right? But once it gets to the point of like disrespect Mm -hmm. and, you know, I nip that in the bud, like I'm not, you know, I, I, I ain't the one. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to forward you uh, one of my, one of our previous guests, Irma, she's actually, she touched that subject and she sent a, a picture and she was like, you can appreciate, you know, the beauty, but don't sexualize me, you know, like don't sexualize like everything I do. Like just appreciate the beauty and say, you know what? Yeah. Good luck. But it. don't say yeah. anything more than that. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, that's true. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're learning how to, you know, like, play that game and and like what you said earlier like you're not just out there for the paycheck right because once you get out there for the paycheck then everything else that you do is just going to be thrown out the window because now you're going to be known for the person that wants to get that paycheck and then whenever you're actually trying to build something authentic and more like say you're you're developing that's where your your everything you've learned it's going to come to play because right. a lot of the stuff that you're doing is from scratch Exactly. I mean, and especially as a woman in a very male dominated industry, you know, real estate and developing like that's that's some some very very interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I don't know if interesting was the right word you wanted to say, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it's interesting cuz like 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 I don't know you're you're thinking above like beyond just selling you know you also want to develop especially for the for the communities and especially yeah, yeah. for for low-income people and and that's that's a good thing you know because there's a good correlation for how you're doing things how you're managing everything i think like in any industry if if you're selfish if you know your your target your direct goal is like a dollar sign you know, vas a valer madre. that's yeah, honestly yeah. what it is. Like if, if you're genuine, you care about people, you want to do good in the world, like it'll come yeah. and everything will fall into place and you will be where you need to be, you know? And I think that I've seen so much, you know, garbage, um, already starting in this industry, like, and it's, it's sad. So my, my, where I'm kind of like steering into is, is in a whole different direction. And you know, as, as a Latina woman, you know, it's, it's not common because, you know, unfortunately we don't have those opportunities, right? Like if I wasn't thrown into getting permits and, you know, wearing a short skirt (laughs) or (laughs) wearing that shirt, that's a little too tight, you know, I, I wouldn't be here. So 
play the game, be smart, but, you know, also, you know, protect, protect yourself. Take care of yourself. And that's the one thing. Um, what, what, I mean, now that you're doing that and you're working with, uh, you know, doing your, uh, your job and, and everything, um, what is, uh, something like a long-term goal that you have? Um, I mean, the, the biggest goal that I have is just to be that developer that, you know, that's going to put out consistent work. That's going to be reliable, dependable. Um, my goal is not to have shitty reviews, you know, because there's a lot of really crappy developers who are gentrifying the crap out of, you know, fine, you know, gentrification is going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it has its pros and cons, mostly cons, <laughs> but at the same time, like, what are you doing about the people that you're kind of displacing? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Essentially that's going to happen, but do you care enough about the people that you're buying out? Enough to ask them, like, so what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? So I think those questions need to be asked, too. Anyway, that's good. <laughs> that's a very good question. Like, for the people that are getting bite out, like, ¿Qué vas a hacer? You know? Yeah. You know, are you going to waste that money? You know, yeah. or, or are you going to buy more property? Like, what? Well, those questions need to be asked because it's great to have, oh, my God, they offer me $250,000 for my crappy house. Right. I'm going to go buy a car <laughs> cash. Yeah. I'm going to go, you know, on this trip and, and that's fine. You know, love yourself enough to, to splurge and do those things. But like, it's all about planning, invest, you know, yeah. invest in you, invest in your family and your future and you'll be good. That's good. That's good. I think, I think like, I've never heard a question from, from the real estate part. You always hear that part where someone wants to buy somebody out. But that person's getting bought out. You don't ever hear that side, you know. You don't ever hear what's gonna happen. Like, especially they don't, they don't really care about that. Yeah, yeah, like like in East Austin, where yeah. you know it's like over here. It used to be like everybody there got bought out, or you know, got offered amount of money and go somewhere else or do something different. And now it's just like now that money was that enough money for them to do something with you know what what they're doing, or is it something that? How do they take care of that and? That's a good question. Like, that's why I said, I wait, because I'm like, shit, that's, I never thought about that part. Like, mm -hmm. what about the people that are going to be put out? Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's an emotional factor in it too, because, you know, especially in the neighborhoods that, that I'm seeing, you know, like, for example, in Acres Homes, there's a, there's a neighborhood here in Houston, predominantly black. Mm -hmm. um, they're getting bought out too, yeah. you know, but these, the, these people have been here for generations, mm -hmm. like hundreds of years. Yes. You know, they even had their own black mayor, you know, back in the late 1800s. Mm -hmm. So like there's such rich history there and some of them don't want to leave. You know, it's uh, the only place in Houston pretty much that you're going to see trail riders. There's literally horses, people that ride horses in the middle of the street, mm -hmm. you know. So I think that that's an important thing to kind of keep, keep especially yeah. in those neighborhoods. But like it's hard because these investors of like millions of millions of dollars, they don't give a shit about your horses or, exactly, yeah. you know, your history. Like they're going to buy you out. They're going to buy your neighbors out. And what's going to happen to them? What's going to happen to that history? You know what yeah. I'm saying? So people aren't asking those questions because bottom line, profit is everything. You know, money is the, the it's sad, but it's money is the root of all evil. I love capitalism in a sense where like, you know, for me to build that wealth yeah. and have yeah. it because yeah. who doesn't love money, right? right? Like, quote unquote, who does yeah, that? I think anybody, 
at this point. I mean, you gotta have some of that for money. But that's also true on them too. Like, what choice do they have? You know, they have to sell their house. They can't pay uh, taxes or whatever. And it's it's sad on on that part as well. They yeah. don't have a choice, so they have to sell it. Yeah. Right. Ay, ay, ay. ¿Qué podemos hacer, Alicia? <laughs> Actually, you know what you're doing, so... You're that's trying good. to do something, so Yeah, that's you're good. doing something. Yes. That's good. That's good. But, man, it's a lot. Like, hearing all this, I'm, I'm more like... I think this is one of the most episodes that made me think every time... Because I'm usually over here visualizing things, and I'm like... That's how my mind works. Like, oh, I, I get to the deep root of things, uh-huh. and sometimes, like... A lot of people tell me like you're 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 too it's too much Alicia it's you're too dark you're thinking too, too much yeah, yeah you're you're overthinking everything and I'm like well you know you got to sometimes like you yeah. have to you really have to somewhere built for that and I'm for sure you are because I'm not <laughs> <laughs> what um uh, are you still doing photography um. I mean, I, I do like some headshots and stuff, um, especially for, you know, my business partners, but, you know, I really want to get back into it just to kind of release some like artistic, uh, just all the repressed stuff that I have in me that I can't be creative with. Um, I would love to, but I mean, I'd be in four hours of sleep, man. I'm tired. <laughs> man, four hours. That's nothing. Man, what, what, uh, what's your favorite drink to stay awake? Jesus Christ. I take a pre-workout in the morning before I work out, but coffee is like my best friend yeah. now. Yeah. Before, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't used to drink coffee. I was like, yeah, it's going to make me nervous. <laughs> and now it's like, I'm just chugging it down every yeah, four hours. Ivy. Um, have you, have you had Vietnamese coffee? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been, you know, a fan of it. It's just, it's so sweet. It yeah. just depends. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, it's too much sugar. Yeah, I don't get my calories. No, <laughs> I, I, ever since my wife, ever since she gave me one, I uh, I never went to like it was hard for me to go to and like try another besides my Mexican coffee and Vietnamese coffee. It's like it's hard for me to go to, to like Starbucks and order one because it's like nah, it's not as strong as you know what I can have in the Vietnamese. Cold brew, those are good. Cold brews, yeah, cold brews are cold brews are it. Yeah, you just have to like good. make sure that you prepare a specific way. I have a my own like you know, go-to order, but might be too girly for you. It's all right. It's all right. Whatever, whatever helps you do your thing is all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you, uh, with all the workload and everything that you have to go through, you know, and also dealing with a lot of shitty people that send you messages. A lot of masturbators. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love those masturbators. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because, like, Irma told us, masturbate and liberate. But not like that, guys. Not like That's that. Right. <laughs> not like that. Under yourself, by yourself, you know, with your significant other, but not like that. I'm all for, like, self-love. And yeah. Like, Pero no, no con, yeah. you know. You have to. No con cons- esa mente perversa ahí, como esos cabrones yeah. que llaman así, no. No puede con- ser. You know, it's it's uh, what's that what's that word consensuality or Cons- consent? Consent, yeah, consent, consent is all. Yeah, consent is all. <laughs> um, what what do you do to remain sane? Oh, Besides shit. coffee, <laughs> <laughs> cold bro. This is gonna come back. You know when 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 I get like super famous, uh, this is gonna come back and haunt me. Um, <laughs> 
but I, for me, it's just like, it's those videos that I do that, cause I talk to myself a lot. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a single lady Yeah, and <laughs> I don't like, I'm very particular about who I surround myself with. So like, I don't have like a line of hoes that are like, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I like being by myself. So those things that I'm able to kind of express myself, yeah. you know, it, it makes me feel a little bit better because, you know, people can relate to some of those things. And I just I have to tell it like how it is. So I think that helps me a little bit. But definitely like just being in hustle mode 24 seven, like that's all I do, you know. That's a Being lot. mom and, yeah. and doing all that. Like I can't go out on trips anymore. I can't go hiking. I can't go like, you know, do whatever I want. Like I used to with my nine to five. So now it's just like yeah. my life. And, and Trader Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> but you said you, you also said you exercise though, right? Oh, what? Exercise. Uh, yeah. I'm, I've been doing good every morning. Good. Um, just trying to, you know, as soon as you start like moving your body and mm-hmm. like releasing all that, uh, what is that called? Uh, is it serotonin or which one is it? Uh, I forgot. I, it's like somewhere right here, but I forgot right now. I forgot what the endorphins. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Endorphins. As soon as you start releasing those things, like, you know, you feel so much better. So that's definitely helped too. That's good. Uh, it's too damn hot to run. <laughs> yeah. Thousand degrees outside. Yeah, it's pretty hot. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, well, you know, like wish wish you like the best and everything you do, Alicia, and could continue to do your thing. Uh, it's a challenge, you know. From what you're saying, it's a lot of work, but let's start rifando. Anything uh, before we close, uh, unless you don't want to close, we don't have to close. You know, <laughs> we can keep talking. Uh, but however, I do want to say something. Um, those those little monologues. Keep doing it. Don't hold back. Keep doing it. Be because of whatever you're doing to let it out. Like a lot of your, that's, that's called empowering. Cause if, if we can, like us, man, we can say stuff like similar to what you're saying. Like as a woman, you should do it and say it. Yeah. Especially like how you said earlier, like, you know, you have to take care of yourself. You know, you're out there as a single mom, you're going to have, you know, you have to take care of yourself and you have to always guard yourself. And if, if that takes like one, if it helps you like, you know, just release whatever you got to release and let out. And that also helps, you know, in like with protecting yourself from, you know, bullshit people, then keep doing it. Don't hold back. Okay, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be hearing from me. Sir. Yeah. 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 And then, and hopefully we do see like a special send up from you one day, you know, you got enough for it. I would say for a good 30 minutes. I used to at least. No, I mean, I think like sometimes like my paso with the whole like man hating. Well, it's not that I hate men. Nah. I, I love men. I love really good men. Yeah. You know, I have, you know, fortunately I've met a lot of really great men in my life who are completely changed my mind about, you know, my perspective on just men in general, but but damn man y'all y'all make it real hard <laughs> uh, you know uh, sometimes the, the, uh, the good men that are hearing that and they know they're a good man they will not get offended only the shitty ones oh, are gonna be oh, like yeah, the ones yeah. that are like hey wait somebody like, oh, of course motherfucker because you put <laughs> yourself saying, in a situation yeah yeah i mean you know definitely i think a lot of us like we as human beings like we project 
definitely. Yeah. So I know that of course, you know, we're all flawed and we all have things that we need to work on, but like definitely, you know, um, just giving a, a female perspective in a lot of things that sometimes maybe like, because women, you know, in general, we're, we're supposed to be very docile, very submissive, very like, Oh, don't say too much. Oh, you're going to offend somebody. And I'm just like, no, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. So we're here. We're independent. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, anything else you want to share from you, Alicia, uh, before we wrap up? No, I think that's it. Um, just take out the part of... Um, that I don't like Houston because I shouldn't have said that. I regret it. <laughs> well, how about this? You like Houston, but... It's a different type of look. You just started of the of the traffic. You said we, you made, I love, you made I love it clear. It. Yeah, it's traffic. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. made it clear yeah. that that was the issue. But I mean, Austin is just as bad. Yes, as it's pretty bad too. Yeah, yeah. Out there. Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty bad too. Yeah, yeah. we we get you. We love Austin, but the traffic is just crap. So. Yeah, and it's yeah. worse out there too because it's so small. But. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it is. <laughs> sí, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Alicia, uh, para los que te escuchan in Houston, si te pueden, si te quieren buscar como como realtor, where they can find you and how they can find you. So my handle for pretty much everything is um, Latina Realtor HTX. And now my new business name is uh, Moonhouse HTX. So that's my new business name okay. and that's pre-development. So if anybody wants to split up land, um, if anyone needs uh, designs or permits run um, and to list their house, like that's, that's all we do. And also financing. So we, uh, we also do hard money loans. Oof. Moonhouse, you said Moonhouse. Moonhouse, yeah, Moonhouse HTX. Oh, HTX. That's yeah. the handle. So that's also the website as well. It sounds like a coffee house slash bar slash slash. Yeah, that's, that's thing. It's, it's easier to remember. Yeah, yeah, um, it is. Then, like you know, because essentially my first name was uh, going to be Del Valle Real Estate Services. And then everybody was like, ah, no, it sounds too, but it's Naka. And like, <laughs> no, that's actually a good name. Like, it's a good name. Yeah. But it's too long. And it's like, nobody's going to remember this. Like, that. Right, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> we just had to um, make, it make it more friendlier. <laughs> no, we have to be more, make it more trendy. It's appropriate. You know what I mean? More, yeah. uh, more trendy. <laughs> yeah, definitely more trendy. Because that's what's. Moonhouse. Orale. Porque le caigan raza y no manden. No, no, no para mandar mamadas ni nada de eso, eh, para, para mandar cosas que necesita. Sí. Strictly, strictly houses, guys. Right. That's yes. Yes. And Alicia, once again, thank you for, you know, for joining us. Thank um, you, thank you, thank you. And, you know, we wish you well and, you know, continue, like we said earlier, continue to do what you're doing. And I'm pretty sure the raza out there and, you know, the communities that you helped out, they appreciate it. They're going to so, appreciate that. Yes. That's, that's, okay, you know. Much. And say, say hi to everyone out there in Houston, except for the traffic. <laughs> and the masturbators. Yeah. <laughs> and the masturbators. <laughs> yes. Esos. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Alicia, take care. Thank you. And we'll stay you. in touch. Thank you uh, for our listeners. Acuérdense de seguirnos otraporfavor.com en, en Instagram, en Facebook, Otra Por Favor. Estamos ahí. Cualquier pregunta, mándenos. Ahí estamos. Richie, algo para cerrar. No, nada más ahí, uh, you know, thank you for listening and we'll see you guys soon. Thank you, Alicia. Bye. Thank you. Adios. Bye.